Hey, welcome to our breakout. Glad you're here tonight. Uh, the why, who, and how of discipling one. And so hopefully, hopefully this is going to fit right into the theme that you've heard us talking about all night of one and focusing for impact. And so I get to introduce you, one of our newest members of our, our staff team here, Nancy Simmons. And so Nancy's been at Northridge for 14 years. She's been, she's married to Paul, her husband, and she's the mother of two and the grandmother of three. So that's pretty awesome. And Paul and Nancy have served as community group leaders for several years. Nancy's been on our stewardship team um, at times in our, our church history, and she is also a faithful biblical counselor and been doing that for many years. So very thankful. And most recently, she's joined our staff. So for all of 19 days, she's been on full-time staff doing Webster Kids Ministry, uh, leading in that, connections at Webster Campus, uh, female small group coach, which she's just now stepping into that, and other duties as assigned. So we'll see how all, all those things. So for all of her 19 days, she's already received the Rookie of the Year Award, and here we go. So great to have you and a privilege to be able to, to do this breakout together. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Um, so Andy is probably someone who doesn't need much of an introduction. However... I'm going to introduce him to you in a way that might be a little bit unique. So Andy Woodall is our pastor of counseling and a small group coach. And an acronym that I've created for Andy is that he is A, awesome, N, really nice, D, super dedicated, and Y, he's your best resource for help on this topic. Oh, boy. <laughs> and some of the other coaches have some other acronyms that go along or other <laughs> things that go along with those those. Initials. Well, we'll go with mine. Okay. Uh, Andy and his family have been here for five years. He's got a beautiful wife, Julie, and four wonderful children who are great servants and, uh, in fact, are running around downstairs helping take care of some of your children. So um, I, too, am happy to be able to do this here with you, Andy. That's great. So um, what is the goal of this breakout? Well, what we really want to do is have you walk away with an understanding of the why and the how of discipling just one person and um, commit to discipling just one person this semester. So what we want to do is spend some time um, equipping you to come alongside others. Um, this isn't really about uh, fixing people, and I think sometimes we kind of feel like that's what we're, we're trying to do. It's not. It's coming alongside them as, you know, as fellow uh, sinners and travelers on this road. Um, we're going to give you some, cool, some tools that we hope will instill confidence in you. And, you know, we just want to walk through this with you as one of God's priorities. And because it's one of God's priorities, it's, it becomes one of ours. And um, the other thing I know is that, and some of you may have experienced this, when you start to walk through a discipleship process with someone, there's a lot of growing that, um, that happens for you, too. So it's, it's one of those Great. beautiful win-wins of obedience. Um, and just to kind of take a little bit of a sidestep to make sure that we're operating off of the same definition, what do we mean by disciple? And really, very simply, discipling is just helping others to live a life that's pleasing to God. And um, it's really nothing more mysterious or, or um, you know, it's not rocket science. It's simple, but it's not simplistic. It's not easy. Um, but that's what we mean by disciple. Yep. So great. So really, before we go any further, I just want to stop and pray and ask for God's help. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for all the training that has taken place and what we're talking about in this breakout. And 
that's something that you are very passionate about is us making disciples and you've commanded us to do that and we are one of your disciples and we thank you for that and pray that this time is going to be profitable for all of us that there would be um, just guided by your spirit a level of conviction that comes with this there would be a level of encouragement uh, that we would walk out very clearly knowing uh, what what we're going to do beyond here to really grow in this area of making one disciple and your son's name we pray Amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you about intentions for just a moment, because I think when we started at the beginning of the summer, some people have summer intentions or goals. And sometimes those those good intentions might look like this. It might look like running three miles a day. Wow, it's summertime. I want to do this. I want to do some extra exercise or I want to fix the panel on the back of my house or make a tree house or I want to get. I need to get that oil changed. I'm way overdue and I have to get some stuff taken care of on the car. Or start the garden, build a, build something in your house or around your house, visit all the state parks within a two-mile or two-hour radius, probably more like two hours, two miles wouldn't be that far, um, read five bestseller books to challenge myself. So there's, there's probably all of these things, some of which you've made these good intentions, these goals for the summer. And so now we're at the end of the summer, and you may say, wow, that's all they are, is they were still just good intentions, or maybe you got some of those things done. But let me move into our community groups, because that's really much more important. That's why we're all here. What about good intentions with your community groups? Mm-hmm. Have you had some of those? And maybe that's what some of them still are, or maybe you've accomplished some of them. But let me give you just a few that some people may have, you may have, like Oh, I want to have a meal with every individual or couple in my community group outside of our group time. Uh, I want to have a, a, a group social every other week in addition to our regular meetings. <laughs> Some of you get excited about that. Some of you get um, fearful or get anxiety just thinking about that one. Um, I want to do a Bible study with all my community group guys or all my community group ladies uh, the whole year. You know, I want to meet with all my community group people and outline their individual next steps with a plan and provide weekly accountability to make it happen. And I'm exhausted. That one is very (laughs) exhausting. But uh, wouldn't that be great? But sometimes those good intentions get met and many times they remain just intentions. So here's the question I'm leading up to and really want to get at that I want us to wrestle with. And we should have a level of, of discomfort about this. How are you personally doing at making disciples among your group members. Not, I'm not asking about how your whole group's doing. I'm not asking. I'm just asking how are you personally doing at making a disciple in your community group and helping disciple those members. Do you have a clear plan right now for making this happen this trimester of making a disciple of one of the people in your group? Do you have a person picked out? What do you hope will happen in this person's life between now and December? Do you have a plan to make this happen? And obviously we don't control everything, but we can make plans and we can pray and we can um, do things with intentionality. And so that's what we want to talk to you about tonight. Yeah. So um, next we'd like to talk about why is this so important? Why do we want to tackle this topic and why are we spending a half hour together to talk about it? Primarily, it's so important because it was so important to Jesus. And he yeah. makes that very clear to all of us. And so because it's important to him, we, we get to make it one of our priorities. First thing we want to talk about is that we have a mission to fulfill. 
of making more and better disciples. And you've all heard that you know, many, many times. Hopefully you can recite that in your sleep. And we get that from Matthew 28, 19, and 20, where Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we've been given a very clear command to, to do this. Second is that we have a lot of clear instruction. There are um, about 70 one another or each other passages that talk about discipling and, and helping each other grow. 40 you know, distinct ones, but it's repeated that many times. So Jesus makes it really clear to us that it's very important, and he gives us a lot of clear instructions. Um, and then thirdly is that we value multiplication over addition. So that means that the um, pastors, rather than the pastors doing all of the discipling, we want to multiply that by equipping the body of Christ to do the discipling. And then as you come alongside and disciple people, then they will be able to turn around and disciple more. So the discipling gets to be multiplied in that way. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 talks about this directly, that um, Christ gave himself, or Christ himself gave us the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So it's not the pastor's job to be discipling everyone, it's our job. They're the ones that equip us and help us learn how to do that. Um, so lastly, what I would say is why it's important is because life is hard. Um, you know, you heard, um, you heard some of those prayer requests that um, were read earlier. And people are really hurting. But we get to come alongside them and bring peace and comfort and healing. Um, and that's a wonderful thing to be able to be a part of people's lives in that way. So um, life is hard, so yeah. we have to love each other. <laughs> yeah, so just a quick review, just a few of those. And Nancy mentioned, hey, there's 40 of these, and there's, it's mentioned 70 times of uh, the one another. So here's just a few of them. You know, when we talk about this teaching one another, teaching and admonish one another with the words of God. So it's not just things that we uh, that make us feel good. It's really with God's word that we're doing that teaching and admonishing. It's comforting one another. It's encouraging one another. It's praying for one another. And then you remember, although Scott handed out something different, but he, he spoke a few weeks ago, and he spurred, <laughs> he spurred one another to love and good deeds. And, man, I got to thinking, these things, of course, these are some of the fancy spurs. I, I'm not familiar with them. I'm not regularly riding horses and all that stuff. But these things could do some serious damage. But they can also get your attention. I think that, that was his point with the whole spurring or stimulating. Stimulate, the word actually means spur or agitate. We don't think about that that often, but agitating one another to love and good deeds. I know some of you say, yeah, I know some people that agitate me. Um, <laughs> but we are talking about to love and good deeds. Okay, So it is with good intention, and it's with very purposeful intention that we do that. Um, but there are several one another passages, and these are just a few of them for us to think about. Because uh, it's a very serious ministry. It's what we're called to do, it's what we're commanded to do, and it's what we're privileged to do. So... Um, you know, th those are things for us to think about. Now, you want to talk to us about why now? So, yeah, we talked about why it's important. Um, so if it's so important, why aren't we doing it? Or why aren't we doing it more regularly? And um, when I think about my own life and think about, you know, people that I have had conversations with, there are a few things that come to mind why we aren't doing this. One is that we don't feel equipped. Um, 
And I think that that's something that we expect that we should know a lot before we can actually help someone. And that's not really true. We just need to be able to come alongside them and walk through it with them. We might be learning alongside them. Um, another one is that I'm failing. You know, I've, I'm not, I've got some areas in my life that I need to clean up. How could I possibly help someone else? And if we all waited until we weren't failing, um, we wouldn't be breathing because we wouldn't be here anymore. So, um, so we can really take that obstacle. The good news is I'm going to remove all these obstacles for you, and you're going to be so happy with me by the time we're done. You are equipped. You are failing, and that's okay because we're all failing, and so we're going to help each other with that. Um, the next one is that I'm not a pastor. You know, and we really already covered that already. Biblically, the pastors are not the ones to be doing the discipling of the whole church. Um, so we don't need to use that as an excuse anymore. We're not supposed to be a pastor to disciple. The last one is one that I personally um, probably fall into regularly, and I'm guessing that many of you do too, and that's I don't have enough time. Um, I think that we run our lives so full and our schedule so full. I know I do, and... My husband can attest to that, that I've got no margin. And so if I'm really going to commit to doing this along with you, I need to build some margin in my life to be able to do that. And again, if we look at, is this important enough to build margin in my life for? Um, Jesus says it is. So those are kind of the obstacles that get in our way. The one um, quote that I came across that I love, Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth, um, for those of you who may not know her, is a uh, got a wonderful women's ministry that's um, been going strong for many, many years, and she talks a lot about mentoring and discipling, women and mentoring and discipling each other. So she says the greatest gift we have to offer other women or other men um, is not our picture-perfect lives, but our testimony of God's mercy and grace that we have received in the midst of our helplessness and need. Yeah, so, and I think we can obviously... As men, we can fit that in there and understand we may use a little bit different verbiage, but the, the point is still the same, that the testimony of God's mercy is what's going to work through us and impact other individuals. And so now the question is, okay, who is the potential person? You know, if we're talking about picking one person, and I'm sure you guys have been community group leaders, unless you've just stepped into community group leaders, leadership, and even if you have, you still, you're kind of able to run down through the roster or sit in the group, in your mind, and visualize the people sitting in your group. You know, the people and the, and the different way they function in your group. So here's some of the potential people you might pick. One is the newbie. The person that's new to your group. This, this person, it just showed up. So you're thinking, okay, uh, they're new, and I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to go after that person. Or we could use newbie in the term of they're new to Christ. They're a babe in Christ. And so therefore, you... You wouldn't think of leaving a baby alone on their own. I mean, nobody would do that. you got all those babies down in the nursery. Although some new parents might say, well, maybe we get away for a little while, a little <laughs> break. But no, you, you don't leave a baby by itself. So the other person you might, another potential person, the struggle. The person you see that just struggles, that they, they have difficulty. They, they give in to temptation easily. Um, they are not mature spiritually, and so therefore it's just a constant struggle. And when they get over one struggle or seem to let up, it's on to the next thing. Here's another one, the instant connection. What about the person that shows up to your group? And man, it's snack time, you're just kind of interacting, and all of a sudden, before you know it, you're still around the snack table or off in a corner talking. The rest of the group is like, hey, we're starting. Come on, come on, come on. And you're just sitting there, and you could talk for another hour or so. Because you've just connected with this person. And uh, 
So that person is probably the easiest potential person. Just somebody that you automatically connect with. Here's another person, the questioner. The person that's just got questions about everything. This could be the, the person, and I realize this could be the person that's agitating you or spurring you on to maybe something other than loving good deeds at times, but that's, that may be the person you're thinking of. Or the person that's just hungry. I mean, you got to love the person that just, man, they, they want to know more. They want to grow spiritually. They long for more. They have serious questions about growth. Uh, it, it's somebody that's fun to be around. And so let me just hit the pause button. You look at that. I realize some of you right now, I'm guessing, are like, you're able to put every person in your group or close to every person in all the different categories. And you're like, yeah. And now you're going like, oh, yeah, two, three, four. I can handle it. I can do it. No. This is part of why we're doing this. So you pick one. That's what we're challenging you to do is pick one. Now, it's not to say neglect the others. It's not to say not say hi to anybody and you're just <laughs> off in the corner. You're my one. <laughs> Everybody else can go do whatever they want because I'm talking to you. You are the chosen one. So we're not saying that. Um, but we are saying, you know, before your mind runs to all the needs and all the different people and all the people that you can connect with in these different categories. We're asking you to pray about, and we're going to talk more about the selection process, but talk about picking one that might fit into one of these categories. Um, we really believe they would fit into one of them. And here, here's something I think is important. An effective yes to one requires a decisive no to others. Now that's hard. That's hard. Not really. Don't take this example to the extreme, but when I started dating my wife, and then I decided we were going to get engaged, and I, I didn't ask three women to marry me, I asked one. That meant she had to decisively say no to everybody else, and I had to decisively say no to everybody else. You know, that, that's, that was part of the deal, at least the way God designed it. I realized everybody doesn't function that way. I would highly encourage it. Um, <laughs> you know... So that, that's the thing, and I realize, you know, we're talking about, we're, I'm not saying, okay, you say yes to this one person you're trying to disciple, and then you're saying no to absolutely everything else. We're going to get into some logistics of that. But it does mean that, yes, you are going to have to say a decisive no to some other people and some other events and things in order to effectively say yes to discipling this one person. So that's not easy, but here's some things to think about, questions to help you decide. Just a few. There's a lot of others you could ask. But one is, what, is this, what has this person been, asked, been praying about? You may hear them pray, man, Lord, I, I'm really, I want to grow. I'm looking for, I want somebody that's going to help teach me. I want somebody that's going to spend time with me. Or they're just, you're listening to what they're praying about, and that may help you. Another is, what kind of questions are they asking? You know, are they, are they questions that are appealing to you? Are they questions that kind of help you to get excited about serving God, about helping this person to grow spiritually. Um, where do you have some con con some common interests or struggles? So you might have just some common interests with this person that you find, man, it's easy to connect. It's easy to help each other to grow in Christ. Uh, on the other hand, you may have some common struggles. You just say, hey, okay, in a, a very appropriate, God-honoring way, we can help each other through some of these things. And that's great. So, those are some of the things that I, I think questions and things we need to um, think through and be asking what person to focus on. And then 
how, how do we accomplish this? Well, before I get into this, I want to tell you just a little bit of a story. Uh, so last spring, and I, I'd love to be able to say, man, since day one I showed up five years ago, I've been thinking about this and doing this all the time. I, I think about it in different ways. I, I think there's been plenty of times where I've had the good intentions. There's sometimes it's gone really well. But I will have to say, last year in group is a time just I really got convicted about this. And it's one of the times we're coming into the spring, I said, okay, I, I'm trying to do too much with too many people. I'm going to select one. And so God brought a new couple into our group. I knew them. They'd been in our church for a few years. Didn't know them real well, but God brought them into our, our group. As we got into prayer time, I just noticed this guy was hungry. He was, he was raw and transparent about his sin and about growing. He wanted to be held accountable for it. He was praying for other guys. He was asking question, hard questions. And I was just like, this guy's serious. I mean, it is cool to see. So I thought, what's kind of the next step for him? Where do we go from here? And so as, as we came into that time, I thought, all right, I just want to see if he'd be willing, as we come into summer, would he be willing to uh, do a book study? on something to do with being a husband, because he had been praying about that. So we started studying. I invited him and said, hey, can we meet once a week? We'll do The Exemplary Husband by Stuart Scott. We'll do one chapter, and however far we get, we get. He said, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to. He got the book with it. He's like, oh, I already ordered it on Amazon Prime. I'm good to go. Da, da, da. Awesome. I said, hey, you know, would you mind? Do you think we could maybe invite some of the other guys in our community group? If they want to do it, that's great. He said, sure, that'd be awesome. I'm glad that most of the other guys in our group wanted to do it. I was mainly wanting him to do it. So the fact that he said yes to that, I thought, I'm going to find whatever he says yes to, and then we'll invite everybody else if they want to come, but I'm going to get the time with him. So everybody's benefited from it. All but one guy could come in our group. Well, then we were doing a summer group, and I said, okay, well, if we're doing a summer group, um, hey, would you guys be interested in doing a four-week summer group co-leading with us? And they said, yeah, we'll try that. We'll do it. You know, not knowing that I was going to end up doing a trip in the middle and be gone for a week, and they ran the whole thing, and <laughs> that came up later. And they they did awesome. They facilitated discussion. They rotated, you know, hosting. Awesome. So I'm just praying. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'd love to have them co-lead in community group coming up in the fall. I don't know if it would happen. So I, I don't normally text people on vacation if I know they're on vacation or whatever, unless it's whatever. I just text them. I texted both of them, and I said, hey, you guys, because um, he had put on the card that everybody in the community group, hey, we might be interested in the future in, co- in co-leading a group. So I texted him on vacation. I said, hey, would you guys be interested in doing this in the fall with us, with you and I? The wife, his wife, which I didn't know exactly where she stood on the whole co-leadership thing, she's, she, she's the one that's like, oh, yeah, we're in. We'd love to. So it's just really cool to see how God's working. Now, i got other things that we're going to talk about that kind of fit into that too, but here's the here's the paradigm that you already know and I don't want to confuse it, but I want it to be something you're familiar with that sometimes we make disciples are too difficult. And here's what I did with this this guy and it's still in, in motion. Sometimes it goes really well, sometimes it doesn't, but it's something we already know and that is when we go to win somebody to Christ and we're praying for them, our pi squared model, pray, invest, invite. When somebody comes to Christ, that really doesn't end. We pray and best invite so that they'll come to Christ and know the gospel. But really, we can pretty easily keep doing that, and I really think we should within discipleship of the person comes to Christ and we pray for them, we invest in their lives, and we invite them to continue to take next steps. So really that's all I was 
doing with this guy, and I continue to do, and that's what I want to encourage you to do, is just this whole process of pray. And you could look at Colossians 1, 9 and 10, just talking about praying that God would fill you with the knowledge of his will, and so you live a life worthy of the Lord and be able to please him. And there's a whole list of things. Colossians 1 is a great, we just went through it, so you can look there. But So praying, investing, inviting in this person that you select. And you're praying about how to do it. And so Nancy's going to talk about some very practical ways now of what that looks like in doing life together. Yeah, so once you you know you think about who it is that you want to be focusing in on and inviting into this, um, it's really about doing life together with them, which is not much different than what you're doing in community group today. Um, but it might be getting a little bit more focused. You might be sitting together during church, during worship. Um, you're, you already are in group together. Um, maybe you invite them to serve with you. If they're not serving someplace or if they're looking for a different place to serve, maybe you invite them to serve with you. Um, maybe you share your Pi Squared list with them and you you know, invite them to pray with you over your Pi Squared list together. Um, or having them over for dinner um, or just dessert if um, you're not for the whole dinner thing. Um, but what we really want to talk about are a few practical steps. Like, what's the first step to invite somebody? Because it can feel a little intimidating. Like, well, how do I know that this person even really wants this? And um, there was somebody that was in our, a woman that came to our group a few years ago who um, I would say that she fit into the newbie and the hungry categories. Um, she came from a Catholic background, so Northridge was very new and different for her. Um, her husband wasn't quite ready to come to group yet. And she had some questions, but you could tell she was a little bit hesitant to bring them up because our group was a very a group of long-term Christians. So I think she sensed that, oh, I feel like they know a lot more about this than I do. They know more about the Bible than I do, and I don't even know where to go. So after a couple meetings, I invited her out for coffee, and I said, hey, I love the questions that you're asking. Um, for me, people like that are really exciting to be around when they're just like ready to soak everything up. Um, but we had a few conversations, just had coffee a few times, and then she, you could see the confidence in her as she came back to group. She felt more comfortable asking those questions that she had on her mind. Um, the group you know, embraced her. So it was really a simple, um, with her, it was just inviting her out for coffee to start a discussion. Um, now that didn't necessarily turn into a long-term discipling relationship. Um, but that's where you don't know where these things are going to go. It might be coming along someone for just a very short season. Um, another thing that you can do is, plug for starting point, is go to starting point with them, especially, again, if they're that newbie. Um, Paul and I, uh, Paul facilitates, co-facilitates starting point in Webster, and we had done it for, uh, together for a while, and we went to a meeting recently talking with other uh, starting point leaders, and story after story about how they, the, uh, it came with someone in their community group to starting point and how that really helped to get that person on the right path. So maybe offering to go to starting point with them or asking someone else in the group if they would go to starting point with them. If you're an unchurched person, walking into church could be hard enough. Going into starting point can still feel kind of intimidating. Um, so that might be another great, uh, a great first step. Um, you could offer to set up regular meetings, you know, kind of like Andy did. Hey, you want to do a book, read a book together for a few weeks um, or do a Bible study, which actually is our next point. Um, this offer to read a book together, um, I was just thinking about this earlier today, and I realized that um, Julie Wrights, who goes here, who's my neighbor, this is 14, 15 years ago, invited me to read a book with her, The Purpose Driven Life. 
I had no interest in reading this book, but I thought, well, it'll make her, you know, she'll enjoy it. And there were some um, rough things going on. And, um, so I read it with her, and God used that in such a powerful way, brought me here, and saved me. Um, so doing something as simple as that can have a powerful impact on somebody. Um, I'm the one that makes you cry, and he's the one that makes you laugh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, and serving together um, is another thing that we uh, we talked about that talked about that a little bit already. Um, so there really are some very simple things that you can do to get started. And some of you might have done some things and started some discipling relationships and done something different. And when we move into Q and A, if we have some time, we'd love to hear if there are other things that you guys have tried that you have found to be helpful. Um, but some resources, a very short list of resources that we want to offer to you. Um, first is just a simple, you know, few weeks of a, of a Bible reading plan that I'll let Andy talk about a little bit. Yeah, so it's interesting. We had started, obviously started on this quite a while ago and preparing for this breakout. And then uh, within our new series this morning, Drew introduced, hey, we're going to have a 20-day challenge. So what I'm going to do is these are going to come out either through the group email or through the equip email in about three weeks. Because what I don't want to happen is to say, hey, here's some great discipleship plans, and then Drew's saying, hey, i got a 20-day challenge, and like try to be in competition on these things or have people go in different directions. That's totally not the goal. Um, so you will see those come out a little bit later. It's very simple. I mean, the bottom line is it, it's identifying just some common, regular time in God's Word, nothing major, but one of them is going to be on the book of Colossians. So, for example, just saying Colossians has four chapters. It's just simply saying, okay, four Four weeks, as you're looking at, you're just going through those chapters and you're spending one week, one chapter, at least with Colossians, one chapter each week where you keep reading that chapter and you keep going through and, and then you have a conversation about that chapter and the one takeaway and the, some basic questions, one verse to memorize. So it's nothing fancy and it's not some program. It's just, hey, here's a discipleship tool that you can use. It's getting you in God's word, and it's also encouraging you to pray and provide accountability. It's some of what we're already doing in community group. It's, it's trying to train people to um, just learn to be in God's word and be in uh, relationship with each other and seeking to do the things that we just talked about. Another one is um, one-to-one Bible reading by David Hamper. There's that book. And you want to say anything about that book? Yeah, um, it's... The beginning part of the book is really talking about a lot of the things that we've talked about already, kind of how to start the relationship. And then the last half is some really simple plans for various books of the Bible. So it gives you, I mean, this is like compact, gives you all the resources that you, you might want to use. The other thing that we don't have up here that I just thought about as I was listening to you is those um, blue, they look like um, kind of bookmark cards that are at the information desk where they've got like five questions. I've used some of those questions, not all of them, with some people, and just had them read one chapter of, like, the first chapter of Colossians and answer those five questions, and then let's get together and talk about it. So, again, it can be very, very, um, very simple. Um, then you had another, another... Yeah, last one, and then we'll have kind of some Q&A. Uh, it's just a book called Side by Side, um, Walking with Others in Wisdom and Love by Ed Welch. You know, I started not to put it on there because we didn't want to give a ton of resources. We just want to give a few. But really, this book to me is one of the most ingenious books I've ever read because it's, to me, it was a lot like what you read in the Gospels. There's some things that are so simple, but yet at the same time, it's like, wow, if we really do this, 
this is crazy amazing. And so he, he just breaks it into two halves. One is we're needy, and nobody likes to use that word, but we are. Uh, we're needy. We're needy for Christ. So we're needy, and then the second half of the book is um, we are needed. So because we're needy and we go to Christ and we do that sufficiently and find sufficiency in Christ, we're then needed by others to show them how they're needy and they need to go to Christ. And so the guy's a neurosurgeon, biblical counselor, just uh, or a neurologist, not a neurosurgeon, but a neurologist and biblical counselor. And I love the way he brings truth together and makes it so simple at ground level for all of us to use. So Can I the, make one other shameless plug? Oh, yeah. Shameless plug. These books, if you've not read any of them, are wonderful. Again, if there's somebody in your group that mentions something that they're struggling with, go and look through. You, we probably have a book center. on it in the Resource right. Center. Um, and, you know, it's a very short read. Read it together. Just talk about kind of what stands out to them. Um, but it's another easy resource. Yeah. I'll close with this, and then you guys can give us, um, any, you know, any questions, comments, that kind of thing. Um, and then, of course, we have ice cream waiting down in the lobby. Uh, so I, I had a good friend move away about two years ago now. And when I first got into town, I prayed for about a year and a half. Just like, okay, Lord, I want to find some other guys that just love community groups, that kind of thing. But I want a, a group of guys that I can also just do life with. That we're, we're kind of in a similar phase of life and a similar level of maturity and able to just really challenge each other. Um, so prayed for a year and a half. And then all of a sudden, the Lord just kind of amazingly brought four of us guys together. So this friend that I'm talking about um, moved away a year and a half ago, and we're sitting doing breakfast. So we just decided together, all we were going to do is do breakfast and talk about life and talk about God and our families and how we can bring God into just to grow, to challenge each other. So that's all we did was we, we met for breakfast once every other week, and we prayed for each other, and we kept up and talked and challenged and shared what we were learning and what the Lord was teaching us. So when he went to leave, I said, hey, so you've been at Northridge for a couple of years. How's it going, and what are the things that have helped you the most? And he sat there and didn't, didn't even, I mean, I missed take a half a second. Just He just leaned back, and he looked around at the three of us, and he goes, this. I said, like, just meeting and talking like this? He goes, yeah. We talk about God. We talk about our families. We talk about life. We pray for each other. And I was like, wow, okay, great. You know, so just that, that issue of really getting life on life. And um, we were able to do it with community group people. And at the same time, it, it happens when we're able to uh, pick and select some other people to do that with too. So I want to encourage you to, do, to pick one. Um, what are your questions or comments? And this room is getting warmer. We had the windows open, a nice circulation. And then all of a sudden we walked in and the sun is beaming on this thing. And now it's pretty good. So what, what questions, comments? The one thing that, that came to my mind is, is can you talk about maybe some of your example with somebody who's you know, kind of excited to grow and move forward? What would you say about somebody who's kind of happy to coast? Happy to coast. You may not like this answer. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we have to pray long and hard about where we invest our time. I think you can encourage and reach out to people, but 2 Timothy 2 2 is there for a reason. That we are to invest in faithful men who will then in turn invest in faithful men. I think, unfortunately, sometimes we spend an awful lot of time investing our time into people that really don't want our time, or they say they'll take as much as they can have, but they're not willing to change. They're not wrestling with God, they don't 
want to pursue Christ. And so that's a tough one. I'm not saying you just kick somebody to the curb. That's strong language, but I, I understand what you're getting at. Um, and I say we invest in reaching. You may go for it, and you may say, okay, Lord, I'm investing this trimester, or for this six months, I am plugging everything into this person. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to pray for them like crazy. I'm going to invite them to stuff. I'm going to do, do life with them, invite them to our house. And, and you just pray, okay, Lord, help me to see some level of growth. And if I don't, I'm going to focus my attention on somebody else. And then if they show some level of attention response, I'm going to jump right back after them. Or I'm going to get somebody else with them. I'm amazed how many people are totally happy to suck our time dry as much as we'll give to them. And then they can care less. And then they'll, they'll turn around and take off. And, and it's kind of like, well, it's your fault. Because you didn't provide the accountability you're supposed to account for, provide for me. So that, that's tough. But I think 2 Timothy 2.2 is there for a reason. And we balance that with other parts of Scripture, right? Galatians 6.1 says we're to seek to restore somebody who was caught up in a trespass. That's tough work. Um, that's not easy, but people don't always respond to that. So I hope that, does that answer what you're talking about? Yeah. Everybody else is like really quiet. I don't know if that was... <laughs> the room's getting dark. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do we get the lead? Oh. What other questions, comments? What do you think? Oh yeah, thanks Paul. Awesome. We're not like intentionally trying to change the... It's getting dark. The doors are going to slam shut. You're stuck here until you commit to one. <laughs> yeah, everybody write the name of one on the wall. Just pull out your person and write the name. Um, what? Any other questions, comments? Nancy, those last books you held up at the end, can you share what those were? It was hard to see. Um, so it isn't any particular title, Melissa. I just grabbed a few as examples. There's a whole... Uh, this might be providential, I don't know. Self-injury, uh, how to love difficult people. You might want that one. Forgiveness and priorities, time management. That's probably mine because I need to make margin in my life. Or, um, but there are, I mean, goodness, we got to have 30 different titles mm-hmm. in the resource center. Um, so I think the challenge is for some of the campuses that don't have these at a resource center anymore. Um We'll have to figure out you, how to like get the titles out to people. And we do have them on our leadership page. If we don't now, make sure we get them on there. But there should be a link that takes you. Christian Counseling Education Foundation, CCEF, has written a majority of those booklets. And uh, I, I think for for men and women, men especially, men many times won't. They'll look at a book like this. And even though it's not big and it's large print and all that, men will be like, ah, book. <laughs> I don't know. Did you say booklet? Oh yeah, booklet. I'll do a booklet. Um, that's the deal. So, you know, you got 25 pages, large print, and all this stuff. You can easily say, hey, I'll read it with you, and, and, and we'll do it in a week. Underline a few things, and we'll talk about it. How, what's it impact to you? What's the takeaway? So, yeah, Jim? I think one of the reasons we're all quiet is that you gave us a lot to think about, but I do appreciate the fact that you got me honing in on why I would want to do a one-on-one with someone as opposed to doing just small group or a group of men. Um, there are times, my wife is very good at getting the, the women of our group together, 
And as men, we don't have, our, the men in our group don't have many common interests, so we have a little more difficulty doing yeah. it. Yeah. But I can see the point of doing a one-on-one -on -one and really developing a relationship as a discipling thing much more clearly, and therefore I could focus on this. I thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, uh, yeah, Katie? Some of the red flags are, okay, if you're giving them some things to do, I would say always give somebody something to do. That's a part of discipleship is just saying, hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. Would you be willing to read like Matthew 5 through 7 and write down two things that really impacted you in there and tell me how you applied it this week? Or one. One thing. Read Matthew 5 or read Colossians 1. Tell me one thing that impacted you and then how, how do you think about it and how do you work at applying that this week? If, if they're willing to do that, then that lets you know, wow, they're serious about it. And if, if they're not, or they're just saying, well, I'm not, then that kind of helps you to say, hey, look, you know, I want to help you, and I, I think it's great. But if, if you're not willing to put forth that effort, I don't think, it doesn't matter if you go to counseling. It doesn't matter what, what you do. That's just kind of a first step. So I want to help you, but um, that's kind of a, a course of action. I can pray for you. So what are some of the red flags then that come up? Is If they're wanting to take more and more time of yours, but they're not willing to change or willing to, to put forth a level of effort, the person you're reaching out to the disciple, they should be wanting to put at least as much effort as you are into it. And if not, that's when you get to back up and say, wow, okay, maybe I need to start kind of reaching out for some more help or somebody that can help set these guidelines or give homework a little bit more. So I, I realize that's a bigger question, and it makes me think a lot about, okay, I need to maybe produce some blog posts to go to all of you as leaders of, hey, here are some things that address red flags. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. But I think if, if you're, if yep. they're responding well, though, and they're doing all of that stuff, but then you're feeling like, okay, I, I don't even yeah. know what to do next. Like, I feel like even over my head. Yeah. That's when you call Andy. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll 
call your coach. <laughs> no, but here, let, let me say this, really, this is no joke. Please reach out first to your coach. Yeah. Because it helps all of us grow. All of us at whatever level we are. It helps your coach grow. It helps us grow. It helps... And it helps us know how to better equip you guys, too, and equip each other as coaches and that kind of thing. So that's really important. I love the question. I think it's great. So, all right, seriously, we need to go get some ice cream. Okay? Thanks for coming. Hope you had a great time. Learned a lot. Thank you for being here. Okay? Thanks. Yeah.